Welcome to the Limited Slip Podcast, your week's automotive news in 20 minutes. We compress all the news in the auto, motorcycle, and racing worlds for you into our 20-minute podcast. Your hosts are Dave, an attorney and car importer, and Borja, who owns an auto repair shop. This is Dave and Borja on this week's Limited Slip Podcast. This week's Limited Slip Podcast is brought to you by Retro Mobile Designs. If you are looking for auto and racing themed t-shirts that look cool to the average Joe, but get an approving nod from other petrol heads, check them out at RetroMobileDesigns.com. The first thing that we want to talk about is some production delays caused by COVID-19. So both the Ford Bronco and the Honda Civic Type R are facing uh, some few months delays in production because of COVID-19. So with, with the Ford Bronco, we're expecting delays. The, the initial delivery is going to get pushed back from spring to summer 2021. Kind of the, the cause of this is because there's a German supplier for the roof of the Bronco. Uh, I'm not sure exactly, we're, we're not sure exactly which part of the roof they supply, but you know, this is Ford, not Tesla. They're they're not willing to sell you a car without a roof. For whatever reason, they're 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 experiencing some delays in that roof part, and so that's going to delay the delivery of all these Broncos. Um, yeah, so it's going to get pushed back a couple months. I, as I was researching this, I saw how many pre-orders Ford has, and can you believe that they have two hundred thousand pre-orders for the Bronco? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, we all said it was going to be an extremely popular vehicle, and, well, there's the number that proves it. That's how many Wranglers Jeep makes in a whole year, about 200,000 worldwide. And here Ford is with pre-orders for that amount. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So the Bronco Sport should be unaffected by that, but the, the Bronco will be delayed for a couple of months. Now, now the Civic Type R is going to face a, a similar delay. So Honda is actually moving production of the Civic to the United States. Um, currently in England, England Honda has one uh, manufacturing plant in, in Swindon. That's where the Type R is made globally. And including for the States, that part isn't going to get transferred as far as we know. Although there is some talk that it will, but as for right now, it's not. And so they're, they're experiencing a couple month delay also because of logistics issues related to COVID-19 and Brexit. So they're, they're having issues getting some of the parts in from Asia into the manufacturing plant for assembly. So that's going to get delayed for a couple months also. Yep. Uh, some unfortunate news, but uh, it's not something that we weren't kind of expecting it. I think that all industries across the board have seen some delays uh, due to COVID. And of course, the, the automotive world hasn't been exempt from that. Yeah, I mean, we have all different types of issues. We have issues with manufacturing plants getting shut down because of local regulations and, you know, health, health regulations, which, which obviously we want everyone to be safe, but it's still, obviously, this, it's, it's disruptive, right? You also have right. shipping issues. You have uh, access to shipping fuel. You have access at port issues. Um, yep. All, all different types of stuff going on. It's been pretty amazing that there's been as little disruption as there has been, I think, but. Yeah, it's been a, a domino effect, but yeah. yeah. For the most part, you know, life has continued to go on and yeah, for the most part, 
I'm sure we'll get uh, Ford and Honda will get up to speed as soon as they can and get the production back to where they were. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see also how Brexit affects production of vehicles in mm. in England. I, I England and the European Union they have not reached a deal yet regarding tariffs or any type of trade issue. So it'll be really interesting to see how that affects manufacturing in the United Kingdom. Well, anyways, moving on. So Porsche, there's some really interesting news out of Porsche. Mm -hmm. So three years ago, Porsche made their one millionth 911. Now to put that into context, there's only been 14,000 Lamborghinis of all different kinds ever made. So Porsches, they make quite a few 911s relative to other sports cars, right? Also, Ford right. makes a million, you know, F-150s a year. So there's that. But Porsche, they've announced that they made their one millionth Cayenne, just barely, just three years In after their years. millionth 911. Yeah, and just to put things into perspective, you know, uh, it's taken Porsche 18 years to build one million Cayennes. And the 911 first showcase back in uh 64 yeah people love those but, those suvs i mean that you know and that's why everybody else is building these luxury suvs too with bentley and lamborghini and maybe ferrari aston martin everyone's getting in on that game yeah and without a doubt um whether you love or you hate the the porsche cayenne um, if you love Porsche as a brand, you have to be extremely grateful that they built it because at the end of the day, this was the car that saved them from going bankrupt. All right, moving on. What do we got next? Moving on. We got uh, some news out of Aston Martin. Uh, as we all know, um, over the last generation of the Aston Martin vehicles, um, Aston Martin has partnered up with uh, Mercedes and AMG to have Mercedes supply the engines as well as uh, some interior bits and infotainment system. Uh, that partnership is going to continue. Uh, actually, uh, there's going to be a little bit of a restructure partnership between Mercedes and Aston Martin. The equity that Mercedes is going to be getting from Aston Martin is going to increase. Uh, but the nice thing about this is also that Aston Martin will be getting more goodies from Mercedes. Uh, so right now, they've just basically been getting the standard infotainment system and a tuned version of existing AMG engines. That's going to be changing. Uh, we can report that Aston Martin is stating that they will still be getting AMG engines, but it'll be bespoke to them, which uh, it's going to be nice. You know, nice to see something that's bespoke uh, to Aston Martin. We've seen this happen before. We, we've seen it happening with Pagani, which they do get bespoke engines from AMG. So it's nice to see that Aston Martin was able to get this deal done with AMG to do the same thing. Uh, I think it'll help them um, differentiate their branding a little bit more. Um, they'll get, of course, more infotainment stuff. They'll get the hybrid electric architecture. And uh, last but not least, AMG has also announced that the V8 will be replaced by a V6 hybrid. That said, we don't expect that to be the case for the Aston Martin group. I think that that's actually kind of the, the whole point of them getting these bespoke engines is that with, with AMG going to the hybrid V6s, I don't think Aston Martin wants hybrid V6s in, in, their, in their products. So I think that they're basically saying, hey, you know, for this deal to work at all, you have to at least give us V8s. 
and and Mercedes saying, well, all right, well, I guess we'll make a V8 for you. Yeah. We'll just need more of your company. Yeah. 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 But I think that part of the deal is actually also that they're going to get the electric architecture from the Mercedes IQ brand. That'll be really interesting, especially with the DBX. If they make an electrified version of the DBX, I, I think that would be kind of a big hit in Europe. We still have some interesting news out of Europe, right? So what's going on with uh, Bugatti? Well, so there's this, there's this uh, YouTuber, uh, his, his YouTube channel is called Kyle Engineers. He is a former Mercedes Formula One aerodynamicist. He does a lot of work on race car en engineering and uh, you know aerodynamics with the with the race cars, and he's done that for a long time. He has this YouTube channel, and he kind of explains different concepts of race car uh, aerodynamics. And I'm I'm totally into that. I'm, I'm an aerodynamic aerodynamic nerd. Anyway, so he he was talking about the Bolid, the Bugatti Bolid that they made, and he did a pretty in depth analysis on on it and. And his conclusion is really interesting. Basically, he was saying, look, they're making some big claims about the aerodynamic performance of this. And I, in his very nice Australian way, basically said, that's bull crap and I don't believe it. And what he was, and he went through and he talked about different parts of the bolide. And he said, this part isn't even optimized. Like you could have done this, this, and this that would have given it a lot better efficiency and more downforce. And he went through the whole car. And at the end he was like, you know, this car is basically more about style than it is about aerodynamics. And I don't think that they would have been able to get the aerodynamic performance that they're claiming. And the other aspect of that is that he was, and this is kind of the most convincing part of what he had to say is basically that he's looking at the aero balance of the car and and he has he's using all the different numbers that that Bugatti provided, and he came to the conclusion that the aero balance is totally off. It's drastically towards the aero balance is drastically towards the rear, and that's that's bad, right? That's not going to provide you the types of lap times that they're claiming. So, you know, my after watching it, I just have the question of where's Shmi? Yeah, I mean, it's. Obviously, he does have the the experience and the knowledge, uh, and that's unquestionable. And, and just in the same uh, way that I was uh, stating my opinion when the whole SCC debacle happened, that, hey, if they really want to get that top speed uh, record, they just need to do the run again and make sure that it's clear. Um, my opinion is the same when it comes to Bugatti. I mean, if, if they're making claims that they seem to be fishy, well, they need to come out and prove that those claims are indeed correct. Yeah. It, and it's a little bit different with Bugatti because they explicitly say, you know, these are our computer projections of lap time. Yep. Here's what we, you know, this is just a, at this stage, this is only a, a concept. simulation. Yeah. And this, you know, concept we're using the simulations and Mr. Kyle engineer is, is correct in his analysis. Then you know, then they're not making entirely accurate claims. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know that that's just, I'm just reporting what he said. Yeah. I think that also this story does not have as much controversy as uh, the SSC because the SSC was claiming a world record yeah. and Bugatti's not doing that. Yeah. So I'm not uh, making up any excuses for Bugatti in any way, shape or form. 
my point is that because they're not making any claims of breaking any type of records, I think that maybe this does not uh, has as much attention as what happened with SSD. Yeah, and it would be it would also be different. You know, again, this is a, a concept vehicle that yeah. they've said we could make into a production vehicle that wouldn't be road legal. I think that's I think I do think that that is a little bit different from the perspective of there's not actual customers who are relying on their performance claims in order to buy this thing. Well, the next thing that we have is the the 2021 Camaro SS and ZL1 will not be available for sale in California or Washington state in here in the United States. And the reason why is uh, well, it's interesting. It's something I haven't really uh, learned about before, but basically their brake pads are not going to be in compliance in those two states. So California and Washington, Washington following California, they've, they made a rule all the way back in 2010, which said brake pads in the future, starting with 2021, will not be allowed to have any copper or asbestos or something. You know, they have, a, they have a whole list of stuff that you can't sell brake pads containing these materials. But, but the, is, the issue here is copper. Hmm. And the reason why is environmental copper, you know, when, when you brake, your brakes dissolve into some dust, the dust goes into the air, and then the heavy metals, such as copper, they settle on the roadside or somewhere else. They end up in the, the water stream and they are toxic to aquatic life. So the issue here is that basically the copper from these brake pads are killing salmon. Now, I don't know how much of an issue that that is in reality, but it's enough that California and Washington made it a law that you can't sell copper in your brake pads. And I don't know what GM was thinking. It's not, you know, they had 10 years to get ready for this law, but somehow they don't have brake pads for the ZL1 and the SS that are compliant. But anyway, so that's, that's an issue. GM has said that for 2022, they will have compliant brake pads. So obviously GM was not thinking about salmon in California and nor Washington. You get your design team and like, well, uh, we're not talking about styling, nor performance, nor reliability. Mm, we want to talk about salmon. And no, that's not what we're having for lunch today. <laughs> so, well, let's take a quick commercial break and we, we will be right back. Before we get to the rest of the show, take a moment to subscribe. If you enjoy our insights and want to help keep our lights on, you can visit our businesses. Borja runs a full-service auto repair shop in Orem, Utah. You can find him on Facebook at Auto Pros Utah. And trust me, he really can fix anything. Dave imports cars from South America and Europe, primarily classic trucks like FJ40s and Land Rovers. But he can help you source any classic car in any condition that you want, from cars that were never sold in the U.S. to trucks that are just cheaper with less rust overseas. Visit Dave at DaveTheCarImporter.com. There's no reason for you not to have the car of your dreams, even if it's forbidden fruit. First off, we're going we're gonna to get to our electric vehicles section of the news for today. So big news out of Volkswagen, the ID4 has gone through the EPA test cycle and they have, the EPA has a range now, an official range for the ID4 and it gets 250 miles per charge. This is a big deal because the ID4 is such an important car for Volkswagen. It's, it's it basically is. like the electric Beetle, right? I mean, yep. it's, it's the car that Volkswagen says is going to be their future, right? And the future of all cars. So, so say Volkswagen. 
getting a 200, 250 miles is kind of like the the minimum range i think that us consumers will be like okay i could buy that i could take that and and use it every day and yeah. here we are they they did it so what do you and think it's already selling really good over in europe i mean uh it's it's become a really top seller for volkswagen yeah i've i've heard that in england it's almost up to the golf sales yeah so which is exactly why volkswagen thinks that it's such an important vehicle yeah and speaking of um, electric vehicles and european vehicles well a few weeks ago we shared with you in our podcast that ford was making a transit ev and well i guess mercedes-benz got a little bit jealous because they already have a sprinter ev van that at the time they were not planning on bringing over to the states but maybe now that Ford has announced that they will be selling the Transit EV, they said, you know what, we have to get into that market. So they are, for 2023, Mercedes will be bringing a Sprinter van to the U.S. that is going to be an EV. And it will be offered with either a 60, 80, or 120 kilowatt hour battery. The top battery, the 120 kilowatt, should give about 200 mile range. Uh, the Transit EV has an 87 kilowatt battery, which will give about 126 mile range. Um, It's interesting, uh, this approach, because when we first discussed about the Transit EV, we both uh, on the podcast and off the podcast, we had a conversation about it. And we agreed that the 126 mile range was probably sufficient for a lot of the businesses that might be interested in getting into one of these EVs. Um, But uh, after we had the conversation and after we released the podcast, I remember you, Dave, calling me and said, hey, you know what? I talked to, I believe it was your brother, right? Mm-hmm. Or that he said, you know what? It's not going to be sufficient. And- yeah. Yeah. My my brother, one of my brothers is an electrician. He's actually in the market right now for a new van for his electric contracting. He kind of does. He he's, he's primarily works on industrial electric, you know, for his main job. But he does some side work and he's thinking about buying a van for for that. And he was actually looking at the transit. And when I told him about that, I was like, hey, you know, because tra- he's he's an EV enthusiast. So he, I told him about the EV version of the transit and he was he was really excited about it. And he's like, well, how, how far will it go? And I said, well, you know, they're claiming 126 mile range. And he's like, that that is not enough for me. And I'm like, really? So we, we had a conversation about that. Yeah. And, and he he said that 126 miles in his view would really only be sufficient for, you know, a, a, a company that was doing local deliveries in a city or, or something like that, that was really not doing more than a couple deliveries a day. And so he, he thought it was insufficient. I think that this 200 mile range for him would be probably just enough for what he thinks he would need. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that the we had, we don't have pricing yet on the Sprinter van, but generally Sprinters are more expensive than the Transits. And yeah. one of the great things about the Transit EV is that it's actually not really any more expensive than the gas version. So I don't expect that to be the case with the with the Mercedes Sprinter. Yeah, especially for the 120 kilowatt battery. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, 121 kilowatt or ba- kilowatt hour battery is very expensive to produce. So yeah. And uh, the last thing also when it comes to this Sprinter van is that they will also have a flatbed version, uh, hmm. which is going to make it a very unique and sweet electric pickup here in the States. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. yeah, no kidding. That would be really cool. Yeah. Who could have thought that you could buy a Mercedes pickup in the States and being an EV? 
Right. Well, it looks like speaking of pickups, we have for 2022 GMC Sierra 1500 Denali, the expensive one, you're going to be able to get the optional super cruise that you can get on the Cadillacs. And they have announced that that will be able to use, you'll be able to use it while towing. So you can have hands-free towing coming 2022. Not sure how I feel about that one, but uh, I do. I, I mean, I, I do like the idea of the Super Cruise being introduced into a broader segment of the GM uh, brands and vehicles. I just don't know how I feel about uh, the Super Cruise working while you're towing. So. Well, they're they're making a big push. They're going to try to get that on a lot of products. We're going to see that on the future Bolt. We're going to see it across the Cadillac range. I, I uh, man, I think it's actually pretty cool. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if I trust my fellow drivers to, to use that while towing. <laughs> well, next, the next thing that we have is the Ferrari CEO, Luis Cam, how do you say his name? Camilleri? Camilleri. Yeah. yeah. Leave, leave it to our resident uh, European to pronounce his name. He, he's, he's actually retired. He's, he's announced his immediate resignation as the CEO of Ferrari. He's also served on the board of Philip Morris. For I mean, he's been he's worked for Philip Morris for four decades almost. So he he resigned from both for unknown personal reasons. The speculation is that this is related to COVID nineteen. He he was in he was actually in the hospital until just a couple of days ago for for COVID nineteen, and right after that is when he announced his his resignation. So it, people are thinking that it has something to do with that, but all indication is that actually he's doing better and he's he's healthy now. So. We're not exactly sure what the impetus for that resignation was. Yeah, um, we, we don't know. It's it's definitely a shocker, that's for sure. Yeah, especially especially something like this that takes immediate effect. I mean, it's typically when you're a CEO and you resign, it's you know a couple months down the road you allow for right. a transition period. Right transition. But, mm-hmm. And he's done a good job at, at Ferrari. Um, he took over in 2018 after the unexpected death of Sergio Marchionne, and um, he's he's done well expanding the road car business at Ferrari. So. Not so great with F1, but... Not so great with F1, uh, but when it comes to Ferrari as a brand for the road-going cars, um, he's been able to increase the stock for quite a bit uh, since he took over in 2018, which is definitely a a good feat, especially since he took over in 2018. We really only had a normal year, which was 2019, and 2020 has been all over the place. So, yeah, really, really good job and a shocker and... From Dave and myself, we wish him best of luck in his next phase of his life, and hopefully he can continue to be healthy and recover from COVID and still have many years to live with his loved ones. Yeah, absolutely. I I do think that one of the maybe unexpected consequences of this is we will see how this affects Ferrari's development of of an SUV. All right, I'm getting to a little bit of motorcycle news. For 2021, Ducati will have a brand new monster. That's their biggest volume selling motorcycle. So in order to be a monster, it's it's always had to have a signature trellis style frame, uh, sculpted metal tank, round headlight, and these, uh, you know, this 90 degree V-twin v layout. Now, the new one is a little bit different. So it's going to have an aluminum monocoque chassis rather than this really signature painted trellis style frame, it's going to have a circular halo LED headlight, not a circular headlight. And 
the new engine is actually an 11 degree engine, it's the same one found in the hyper motard 950 multi-strata 950 etc so it's gonna it's pretty interesting it loses 40 pounds it's gonna gain a couple horsepower it's gonna gain some tech and and actually they are gonna have it cost a hundred dollars less so that's pretty interesting big news over there from from ducati and then our last piece of news for today is actually that mark marquez is probably going to also miss the 2021 season so he fractured his humerus fractured his arm in the first race of the season and he's had a couple different surgeries to try to get that fixed he tried to race again too early injured it again and now he's actually dealing with an infection in that in that arm and they've been grafting bone from his hip into it's been it's been really uh, it's been pretty nasty and we're we obviously wish him a rapid recovery, but it looks like he, that's going to be at least six months out before he'll be able to ride a motorcycle again. And the the new season starts March 28th. So if there's any type of delay at all in his recovery, he's not he's going to miss possibly the whole season. So it's going to really throw the whole MotoGP world up into a into a frenzy to see who can capitalize on his absence because he's been so dominant while he's been there join us tomorrow where we will be discussing again all of the crazy news that's been going on in formula one that's it for this week's limited slip podcast remember to subscribe so you don't miss our insights into next week's automotive news if you want to help us keep the content coming leave a five-star review and visit our businesses at DaveTheCarImporter.com, where Dave helps clients import their dream cars from South America and Europe for a flat fee. Or Borja's business on Facebook at Auto Pros Utah, a full-service auto repair shop. It's been Dave and Borja on this week's Limited Slip Podcast. <laughs>